I am Rob Pozzola. Today, alongside pro NFL better Fabian Somer, and we have the VP of Sumer Sports, Eric Eager, with us as well. Comments are open here on YouTube if you do want to ask questions over the course of the show. But today's show is going to encompass our final thoughts on tomorrow's NFL draft, both from a general football perspective and from a betting perspective. We're going to get through it all. And like I mentioned, we're taking questions throughout the live stream. If you want to get involved, the chat is open. You do have to be subscribed to the Forward Progress channel in order to get a question in. So make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. One last thing, preamble, before we get into it. If you're watching this after the fact, whether that's later on on Wednesday, uh, listening to it after the fact, maybe on Thursday, this is a moving market. And this is a market that's going to move heavily based off of news. Now, granted, we haven't had a ton of news this year, but if you hear us give out a bet and then tomorrow or later today, the price is substantially different and it got substantially worse, it's probably news related. So just want to throw that out there so people don't fall into like the trap of, of betting something after the fact because we gave it out on this show. This is very much a news driven market, but let's get right into it. And we'll start with like the bigger news guys from yesterday. And I, I want to throw this to you, Eric, to start with, because the first pick market has evolved rapidly over the past couple of months. First, it was Bryce Young, then CJ Stroud, back to Bryce Young. And now yesterday, a Reddit thread comes up where apparently Will Levis has been talking about how he's going to uh, be drafted first overall. We saw him get down, I think, at DraftKings Sportsbook to four to one at one point. Now back up to eight to one. But is like, are you buying Levis number one as an actual, like, realistic possibility right now? I'm really not. I think that when you look at, um, you know, the history of things that are being said uh, pre draft, I remember 2021, I was out to dinner with a few people and you know there was a few text messages we got from people who were friends of mac jones saying uh, that the 49ers had told them he was the pick and you know that that ultimately didn't come to fruition i think there's a lot uh, of lying that goes on there's also a lot of you know the team even will lie like last season you know the buccaneers told lewis scene's agent that he was going to be picked uh and that was corroborated by multiple sources um, they traded out of the pick. It wasn't even that Lewis Seen didn't make it to them. He was there for them, and they traded out of the pick, and he went a pick before their, their later pick to Minnesota. So I would just caution against any of these things. Like, I think that, um, you know, the, the, the market move, you know, wasn't that much in the way of, of Young. Like, he think, I think he moved from, like, maybe something like 95% implied to 93% or something. All they did was really, like, hedge their risk a little bit on Levis in many cases. Um, to me, that that meant that that wasn't really a, a real move more than it was just like sort of a, uh, you know, kind of trying to make sure that they got no more Levis bets uh, than it wasn't a real thing to me. All right. Now, Suma, last time we did this on Forward Progress a couple weeks ago, your best bet, which you gave out, was Will Levis to be drafted second overall at 20 to 1. Now, that market has changed substantially, but what was your reaction to the Reddit poster yesterday about first overall? Did you go out and try to, to bet any of that or did you just think it was complete smoke? Um, <laughs> I thought it was 99% smoke, but that guy on Reddit still got me to bet a little bit on uh, some um, Will Levis, first of all, stale PPH prices. So just that I could uh, make sure that I'm, 
not getting paid completely. But um, I think after like 20 minutes, when we saw that um, uh, Caesars and DraftKings were putting back up their markets and there was no new wave of money floating into those markets, uh, I think we knew that it was probably just a chain reaction, like a few people betted off of um, that Reddit post. DraftKings and, and others removing of some 25 buck uh, bets or whatever took it down and then we had like a, a snowball scheme where some more people saw it on Twitter were also betting it and then at some point we have probably reached like a maximum where books were willing to move on that market but after all I think it was a fun story fun social experiment um, and I mean basically peak draft season. Yeah, 100%. Crazy stuff around draft time all the time. I already see a bunch of comments coming in. I promise you we will get to comments and answer questions towards the end of the show, and we'll kind of go through them rapid fire. But I do want to start with the top of the draft, and we go from number one to number two, and there's a lot of speculation as to what the Texans are going to do at number two overall. I'll start with you, Suma, because you obviously have the Will Levis ticket from a few weeks ago. But in the last week or so, or last couple of weeks, we've seen Tyree Wilson linked heavily to Houston. Of all the quarterbacks, it still seems like Will Levis is the most heavily linked. What do you think is the most likely scenario for Houston at number two right now? I personally still am going with logic here. I just cannot see the Texans passing on a quarterback at two. Yes, there are Tyree Wilson and maybe a little bit of of Will Anderson linked to them, also some, some trade-down rumors. But I think in the end, we are also hearing that um, um, McNair might be stepping in, uh, willing to uh, grab, a, grab a quarterback. And in the end, just imagine after three years of going uh, three wins, four wins, three wins, <laughs> you are sitting at two overall. You have the ability to, to, to grab your quarterback of the future. Um, and then there are the, the Colts sitting at four. Just imagine that you pass on a quarterback, he goes to Indy, plays a great rookie season. Maybe the Titans also grab a quarterback later. Then you are probably facing like Trevor Lawrence in your division. The, the, the Colts grabbing a, a solid rookie quarterback. Maybe Titans getting better quarterback. I just don't think that you can sell that to your fan base. And um, I think... It just doesn't make, in my opinion, any logical sense that the Texans um, would go edge or, or something else. Today, um, long-time um, Houston beat writer, um, Bob McCain is his name. I, I can't remember. He, he was going on, on a radio show and basically said that um, Texans are going to take Will Levis. It's a done deal. I also heard that he's buddies with um, Steve McNair, the Texans owner. Don't know if that's true or not, but so many rumors floating around. But in the end, it's it's just very hard for me to fathom the Texans like just going at Russia and neither trading down or going quarterback when the Colts are sitting there at four. Yeah, I mean you're 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 thinking about it from a logical perspective, which I think is fair. I mean, at the end of the day, it just comes down to if they think one of these guys is the quarterback of the future. I'm curious. Eric, what you think in this situation? We were looking at the DraftKings odds, and they were like pretty much neck and neck, right? Tyree Wilson plus 130, uh, Will Levis plus 145, and then you got a little bit of a drop-off. And it seems like it's pretty close in mock drafts right now from the res like 
let's say the respected mock drafts that are out there in terms of who's going to go number two, because everyone can put out a mock draft nowadays. Do you think it's going to be a quarterback? Do you think it's going to be one of the edge rushers? Or do you think Houston might just get out of this position altogether? Yeah, I mean, we have not seen a big history of teams trading in the top five on draft day, right? We saw San Francisco trade out of two in 2017 with the Bears. Um, That's one that comes to mind, but it's relatively infrequent. So if Houston doesn't trade out of that pick now or early tomorrow, it might not, you know, it it might not happen, in which case I think that they're stuck taking a player, Um, you know, from everything I've heard as far as their board, like the, you know, these the three players up the top you're talking about those three players and young right so um and and from what suma you know the suma stated rumors there about the the owner like i you know, that that is that's i believe that's been corroborated a few times so that's really the rub like does do they get their way in terms of quarterback or do they take take their favorite defensive player which to me is a coin flip actually i think between will anderson and tyree wilson i think anderson you know you're just looking at a different distribution than wilson uh, as far as higher upside uh, lower lower downside for Wilson relative to Anderson, and I, I agree with I, I agree with um, Suma where it's like you've you've sort of sold the Deshaun Watson for a bunch of assets, and then now you're still kind of year after year after year not replenishing them. However, D'Amico Ryan's head coach there, he was on that aforementioned San Francisco team that didn't take Mahomes, Watson, or even Trubisky in the top five in 2017. And, and this is a Houston franchise that passed over Reggie Bush for Mario Williams when they had the first pick a few years ago. So I do think this is one where it's really hard to have a firm idea about what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think honestly, it's it's just educated guesses at this point. Typically speaking, past draft years, there's been more news that's come out. Uh, I saw Clev TA tweeted this earlier today, but something along the lines of, uh, maybe the Lions situation with the betting on sports and and leaking of information, maybe maybe teams are just like really, really scared of that this year. And we haven't seen that much in terms of leaking information come out. So I really think it's just a guess. And uh, of course, you mentioned you think Will Anderson is on the board. There is a pretty decent price on Will Anderson uh, to be taken uh, in this range right now as well. Some books even have him at three to one. So that might not be uh, a bad look. I want to move on um, to a player that's like really been, let's say like the polarizing player of the first round for many reasons. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Hitman as well, but Bijan Robinson is picking up more and more and more steam as a potential top 10 pick. And I'm curious to hear both of your takes on a couple of things here. I'll start with you, Eric, but one, a running back potentially going this high from a football perspective. And two, if you think that there's a, a particular team that he fits with, that might be like a good bet for his final destination. Yeah. I, well, you know, the football case, there isn't really one to be made, right? Because, you know, top end running backs make about 16 million APY. Um, if you take him in the top 10, he's going to be making, you know, seven to $8 million a year. And so the surplus value is like 10 million versus like a wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive end, where those top end contracts are like 25 to 30 million dollars. So it just doesn't make sense from a like a team building standpoint. That doesn't prevent teams from doing it. I mean, McCaffrey went seventh, you know, Fournette went four, Zeke went four. Um, and the year that Fournette and Zeke went four, their teams made it 
you know, pretty far in the playoffs both both times. So, you know, there's that neg- that reinforcement that teams will have uh, by having that uh, positive, you know, outcome. Um, you know, to answer the second question, you know, I think, you know, Atlanta is that favorite right now. I think I, at first blush, it makes a lot of sense, um, but I don't buy it. I, I you know, they, they draft Algier in round one, fifth, fifth round, uh, or, you know, sorry, they draft Algier last year, thousand yard running back from the fifth round. Um, offensive line emerged, you know, McGarry, Lindstrom both did really well last year for PFF grade. Jake Matthews is great. The scheme, you know, gets a lot of credit, I think, for that offense to turn around and go, okay, now we really need an elite caliber running back to me does not seem coherent, even though uh, it makes it makes sense, you know, before you drill down a little bit. So that that's my take. I think when, you know, the team I've said a few times that I like here is Washington at 16. I think that that would be one where, you know, they have a lot of weapons on the outside. Um, if they maybe fail to get the tight end they want, uh, maybe Green Bay takes Mayer or something like that at 13, um, then th- they moved on to running back. That, to me, would be one. Um, Rivera was the coach when the Panthers took McCaffrey at seven. So, uh, you know, that that's something to think about. Suma, thoughts on, on Bijan Robinson? I mean, the steam is definitely pointing towards Atlanta, really wanting him inside of the top 10. And we've seen the market kind of adjust that way over the past couple of weeks. Curious where you think his landing spot might be. I still think that Falcons are the likeliest landing spot um, just because, like Eric has said, that everything fits so well together, like the offensive coaching staff, Fontenot not really caring too much about uh, positional value, it seems. I think from a football perspective, 100% agree with Eric, the imagination that a team would take a running back in the top 10 is really bananas when you you just think it from a logical football perspective. But I also think that there's there's a good argument that like everyone is is saying via sources or via guys in, in the media that this is going to be a very thin first round in terms of how many first round grades teams are heading on their board right now. And I think if you have a first round with so few quote unquote blue chip talent, I think it could absolutely bump a guy like Bijan Robinson, where people are already saying that some teams will probably have him um, top five in terms of overall talent. So I think in a draft like this, uh, taking Bijan Robinson high probably has a higher probability of happening um, versus, for example, like two years ago in the Jamar Chase draft or um, whatever. Um, I think Falcons still the um, likeliest landing spot. I think Eagles, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I think analytics t- uh, Twitter would have a breakdown if, if that really happens. Um, <laughs> Texans, I also don't think so. P- Pierce is their um, bell cow back. Bears wouldn't surprise me too much. Um, Commanders, Detroit Lions. But I don't think that the Lions would take him with their first pick, probably uh, rather with their second. But I don't think that he's going to fall that far. Maybe the Derrick Henry replacement. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still leaning towards the Falcons. So for me in this, I think this is a market that that you can take a shot on because there's really been no like news leaks on Bijan Robinson. It's just like a little bit reported that the Falcons are interested in him. And at plus 150 now, you know, you basically got like a 40% implied. And we see this all the time where, you know, it could just be a team out of nowhere that's kept quiet. They don't want to let people know that they're interested. They potentially trade up. I don't know who that's going to be, 
but this is a market where I'll probably have a few long shot bets on teams that I think might potentially want Bijan Robinson here. So I, I'm very curious how this market develops over the course of the next day or so. I do want to get to just a couple questions that have come in uh, so far. Um, Eric, this one I think is a good one for you. Uh, do you believe teams are more or less forgiving of draft prospects, character concerns, slash problematic off-field behavior than they were, say, five years ago? Yeah, because in my opinion, they're more public than they were five years ago. So, like, we know all the bad stuff. And so, you know, I think teams have been putting, you know, to me, to me, we, I think the the bad stuff is sort of overstated, right? So when they, when they overlook it, I think to us, it looks like they're, they're, they're overlooking it more because we just know a lot more than we did, you know, a few years ago. Fair enough. Like I, I, you know, I think that we just have like the hidden bias in, in previous years of not knowing um, about a lot of guys. And now we kind of know everything. So, you know, as much as we're going to know. Um, and so I, I would ignore it more. Um, you know, in the markets than, than previously. We got Eric in the chat here. I've seen this mentioned a couple times on Twitter. Thoughts on Patriots trading up to two and drafting Will Levis. Eric immediately shaking his head like it's not happening. I mean, I, we, they did take Cole Strange last year, but they're a trade-back team more than they're a trade-up team, I would say. Yeah, I, I know that they've been shopping Mac Jones, but they also have Bailey Zappi. That, like, it would be kind of absurd for that organization to move up in my opinion never say never and honestly belichick is a guy that's had some like really weird draft stuff happen so i never want to dismiss it completely um but yeah that, i i think that's a little bit out of uh left field uh aaron with a point here about the texans would be foolish to follow in the footsteps of the commanders who passed on herbert and tua and they didn't even exercise young's fifth year option so this is going back to your point suma about uh, looking at a quarterback in the early going there. Uh, maybe not be like the best quarterback prospects, uh, but yeah, it's it's not a, a shoe-in in terms of the defensive player panning out for them either. So uh, interesting there. We'll take more comments as the show goes on, and you can definitely get those um, into the chat here, right here on Forward Progress. If you do enjoy the content, make sure that you do like it. Um, picking up steam in the last week or so as well, are these draft team special prompts. And that's just because they weren't posted a couple weeks ago. And as we get closer to draft day, these markets start to get posted, uh, particularly at DraftKings. So uh, I'll start with you, Suma. In particular, I, a lot of people look to take flyers on these long shot markets, um, you know, whatever you want to do. But are there any teams that you believe might be locked in on a certain position that may be worth a bet? Or maybe even just something that you think is worth a flyer as a long shot in this type of market? Yeah, problem is, is the big in those markets. So I, I would usually try to figure out, hey, there are some rumors like, I don't know, Zero Line and um, Daniel Jeremiah are all of a sudden in their final mock draft linking a certain player late, late in the first round or um, outside, outside of the top 10. And then there's still a plus 300, plus 400 price. I think those are usually the um, um, bets that can be attacked. Um, right now, from what I'm seeing, I think that the, the consensus stuff is pretty much priced already. Like you are getting a 50% bet for a 42% uh, outcome or something like that. Um, I think 
There are some rumors, for example, that the Jets might be looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm -hmm. um, and he's priced in the plus 700. I, I think I saw a plus 1200 earlier this morning. Um, just for example. So that's something that has been a, a let's say, a stronger rumor. Then there's a, a rumor, I think Benjamin Albright has been tweeting it, it out today, that the Dolphins uh, might be looking to trade back into the first round, which would be ridiculous content. Uh, but he's not the first one who has mentioned this. So um, Miami running back, Jameer Gibbs, probably in the 12-1 to 1 range. That's something that I would define as a flyer, as taking a flyer. But I think overall, those market are, markets are... Uh, pretty rough to attack right now. Yeah, and we just saw that lineup on the screen at DraftKings. The position of the team's first drafted player, wide receiver for the Jets is plus 800 right now in market, um, which, I mean, you get JSN and obviously other possibilities and obviously trades come into play and in effect and so on and so forth. Eric, uh, over to you. Anything that, like any team in particular that you think is like very, very likely to go one position or maybe a team that's just worth taking on a flyer on some longer shots. Yeah, I think when you look at the NFC North, there's a few that I, I like a lot. I like Detroit to take a corner minus 130. That you know we don't know which one. I think we're, we're we think Witherspoon's the guy, um, but Gonzalez can certainly go there. Um, you know, quarterback at 10 to one to me is the only thing to bet on that board though, um, because it's you know that's a good payout there. And I think that you know if Richardson were to fall to their natural pick of six. Uh, they got a shot there, or if they traded with Arizona, that also feels you know like like a solid play there. One that I really do like when you look at Green Bay is tight end at, at two at five to two. Um, I, you know, to me, they haven't had a, they've had you know a history of good tight ends, um, and you know they just haven't had one. You know, they had um, you know Mercedes Lewis there forever, and and it's just like they they you know really haven't um, you know gotten that position off the ground. So that's one. Uh, where I think wide receiver is the natural guy, but if Jackson Smith Jigba goes at eleven, then where are they going to go? Are they going to go pass catcher for the young quarterback? That seems like how they've always wanted to do it. Mark Chamura, Keith Jackson, Jackie Harris, Brett Favre, and then when Aaron Rodgers came in, it was the Jermichael Finley's and the Donald and the Bubba Franks's of the world. So that's one that I really like. Um, and then if you look at you know, to me, um, you know Kansas City at twenty to one to take a running back. Uh, feels like the best long shot on this entire board. Um, Gibbs. Everybody's going to say, oh, you know, they learned the lesson from Clyde Edwards Alaire, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you this one. You know, when you're a team that's won the Super Bowl, there's not a lot of lessons to learn. And in right. fact, there could be some arrogance there uh, where, you know, you look at their current roster, um, it's just Clyde Edwards Alaire who's on the outs on Isaiah Pacheco and really like no one else, like something, someone called Michael, well, Michael P. Ryan. Um, but that, you know, that's basically all they have there. So that's one that if you want to, you know, kind of a, a pop, that that makes sense to me. I love that. Uh, Suma, you wanted to jump back in with one more here? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm still not completely off the train that the Seahawks could potentially grab a quarterback um, because the, the Geno Smith contract is um, structured like it's basically a, I think, two-year contract. Um, and I think they can also get out of it after one year. Correct me if I'm wrong. So they have two picks in, in the first round. They're they, um, picking at, at the fifth spot. I mean, Anthony Richardson, one year behind Geno Smith, could make sense from, a, from, a, um, from the T, uh, Seahawks team perspective. And uh, quarterback is 
plus 350. I think that's not the worst price on the board. Okay. Um, into more draft bets here. I want to do a little bit of a rapid fire style thing with you guys, uh, which we did a couple weeks ago when Hitman was on the show as well. Uh, but rapid fire on over under draft positions. And I'm not going to hold you guys accountable for these. If you really do like something here, let the audience know. Uh, just general leans are, are completely fine. And, and we'll focus on players where their over-under is juiced pretty evenly on both sides rather than the ones that we expect to be uh, overs or unders. So let's start with Christian Gonzalez, over-under, 8.5 as his draft position. And we'll start with you, Eric. Under. Under. Zuma? I would lead over. Um, do we need okay. to get uh, give a reasoning or, or just saying over under? No, but I actually want to touch on something that Eric just said because uh, he said he leans Atlanta under at the eight and a half, which then throws the Bijan Robinson market into like an entire loop. And that's kind of what I'm getting at with like, we have one team that, okay, it's, it's just like reports. Bijan himself, I think, publicly stated that he expects the Falcons to take him. But like, what is like this market is very, very driven towards the Falcons. And I'm not convinced that they're going to go running back at eight overall. So no reasoning required, but that was uh, a good start. And it makes me want to fire some more Bijan Robinson uh, long shot beds. Let's go with uh, Deontay Banks over under 20 and a half. And we'll start with you, Suma. That's the trickiest one of the list. Um, ah, super tricky. I would, probably go over i'm with him. eric over yeah. i think i think it's not a lock that he's going to be taking over emmanuel forbes or joey porter jr i've seen a lot of links with him in the steelers at 17 but i also think the steelers are like a complete wild card when it comes to drafts where the links in the past have not mattered whatsoever they just kind of shock and, and come completely off the board. Okay, we got two overs there. Uh, let's go with Quentin Johnson, over under 26 and a half. Eric, to you. Over. I think Zuma? I think he's got some Metcalf to his draft. Not that yeah. maybe that bad, but. Yeah, over as well. Yeah. He seems to, there's like under is favored here. Um, I don't know. You know, in in the, I don't want to say the sharp community. That's not the way I want to put it. But I don't think there's a lot of people out there that expect. I like. I think there's people that expect them to possibly drop into round two here. Yeah. I think that's even more likely than the than the under in that case. Uh, we'll do one more here, and it's not a it's not a player position, uh, but it's on the along the lines of Quentin Johnson as well. Number of wide receivers drafted round one, total set at three and a half. Suma. Um, I think it's it's under at plus money is that correct it, it's pretty it's i think it's under plus 100 yes uh, i would go under here yeah i think it's that's the right pick like i think yeah very to me under under three and a half plus 110 is one of the better picks in the first round now there's been some zay flowers conversation today i saw hitman post on twitter that he got out of a previous bet I, I honestly, this has been the weirdest wide receiver class in a long time in terms of um, 
you know, earlier in, in the in the process around the combine time, I thought you might potentially get five guys. Now I'm not even sure it's a lock that you're going to get like two or three uh, necessarily. So uh, I think this one is is all over the place. And Steven Robinson mentions that in the chat. Zay Flowers, 22 and a half, is one I'm particularly interested in. I think a lot of the betting community is interested um, in that same one as well. Uh, along the lines of this kind of game that we're playing here, just want to stick to one more thing here. And uh, again, this is like markets that we didn't have available to us a couple weeks ago when we did this show, and we have them available to us now. And one of my favorite things to do, and this was especially during the COVID year, was bet on players in terms of whether or not they're going to dra get drafted in the first round. And we have a pretty large market of this at different sports books. Uh, but DraftKings has it as well, where there's just a bunch of players that are in the range of minus 200 to plus 200 to be selected in the first round. Suma, I'll start with you. Uh, of the players that are on on this list in this range, who do you think is the best bet to be picked in the first round out of this grouping? I would go Hen Hooker minus one, 190. Ooh. I still think that on draft day, some team will draft him either it, it's a team like the titans that's trading that trading down vikings is a possible um, destination and then there are a few spots um, of teams who could trade um, down into the second round like the bills eagles uh, chiefs and then there might be some team that comes up and grabs hooker uh, for, for the fifth year option maybe thinking okay that guy might not play until november and that way we are securing uh, like uh, four more years of him eric first of all first of all before you give yours i want your thoughts on hendon hooker first round as well we're opposite of this suma i i just you know you look at the history of the league and it's like um 2018 we the number was five and a half and we got lamar it was the fifth one at 32 and Mason Rudolph, who that was the sixth guy was all the way third round 2019. We had Haskins fall to 15 drew lock fall to third, you know, to the 42 in 2000 and, you know, 20, we had Jordan love almost fall out of the first round 2021. We had the Mac Jones and Justin Fields fall. Um, and then last year we had the fall, you know, the whole quarterback class fell. Like I think um, to me, I think that that it's just really hard it makes a ton of sense, but the, the fifth year option has kind of evolved over time as well to be not so valuable. Um, and, and so I think that I don't, for one, like a, like a team that's like, you know, linked to him, Minnesota, I'm um, even a team like the Ravens. I think both those teams trade out. Both those teams have less than seven picks and need to trade back to get, to get a possibility there, um, you know, to have a full draft. So I, I just don't see it. Um, but, you know, he is favored there. I will say, uh, April 19th, I looked at an article I wrote, a market implied mock that said Matt Corral was minus 150 to be a first round pick at that time. So like we just we just have a history of this market kind of overvaluing QBs. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Eric. I've made my my voice known on whether or not I think Hooker is going to go first round. But I think this is just like all over the place. Um, all right. Uh, I want to get into some questions um actually eric we didn't get your pick sorry on this market i just completely glossed over that as you were uh as i was talking about hendon hooker but someone that you think is a good bet to go first round here um you know the will mcdonald one like i was getting um you know messages from from people basically being like i don't know if he makes it to us right and there was like uh 
kind of this was like when it opened at minus 160. Emmanuel Forbes also opened at minus 160. So we've seen a ton of bets there. Um, I kind of want to give out a plus price one though. Um, this is incoherent with my take on the wide receiver market, but it is at five to two. I think Jalen Hyatt is a guy that teams could fall in love with and take. Um, Kansas City, for one, uh, might just be looking for the guy that can re- eventually replace Marquez Valdez Scantling, and like they're like the exact same player. So uh, you know, maybe even Hyatt has a higher ceiling. So uh, that's one that I, I think, for, at a plus price, uh, makes a lot of sense. Mozzie Smith at minus one twenty also makes a lot of sense to me. To me. Okay, uh, we are going to give out uh, a favorite bet at the end of the show here. But I do want to get to some questions. And just a reminder to everyone, if this is your first time here at Forward Progress, obviously, if you like the content, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel. But also, if you want to see all-time records for the show or if you want to sign up to any regulated sports books, you can do that at betstamp.app slash forwardprogress. We play at a variety of sports books. Obviously, you hear us talk about line shopping pretty regularly on this channel. So if you are going to sign up to sports books, no pressure but do so through the links at betstamp.app slash forward progress. All of the money that we make off of affiliate commissions, we reinvest into content here at the hammer. So it does help us grow. um, If you can do that. Uh, We put out a tweet earlier today asking for some questions on the show. Uh, I'll I'll go through some of them Um, thoughts on Patriot. This is it's not Will Levis here, but thoughts on Patriots first pick to be a quarterback. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's probably correlated with the trade-up scenario. Um, <laughs> I mean, there there were some rumors that the uh, um, relationship between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick is extremely rough, and there are also rumors that the uh, that the Patriots uh, like Will Levis a lot. They had him in for a late visit. So maybe in a scenario in which Will Levis slides and they might trade up and uh, hit the reset button at quarterback, but um, probably not the um, higher probability event. I mean, plus 350 does like, it seems like a really bad bet at that price, right? Yeah. You're just not getting enough. You're just not getting enough uh, to, to bet it. I think like, you know, the thing is, is what would you have put Mac Jones or not even Mac Jones, but, Two years ago, what would you have made any one of Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance to fall the 15 to the Patriots? Like it, you you would have needed a lot more than seven to two payoff there. Um, yep. At that point. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Cowboys to draft Jameer Gibbs? I can start with that because I'm a Cowboys fan. You see it in the background. Honestly, I, I considered first Cowboys position to be drafted running back. I could totally see them going down this route, um, especially, you know, ownership falls in love with skill position players pretty often within the organization. I think that they are more likely, though, to do something like really dumb and trade up for Bijan, like then then to just wait and have like a running back fall into their lap later on. Now, and also like tight end, obviously a position of, of need for them, plus 175, Dalton Schultz leaves. But in this market right now, like there's really just not enough value in these numbers. Dallas could go anywhere, conceivably anywhere. I, I, I don't know that I love it at plus 
I mean, it would be a different price than running back at plus 225, but thoughts on on drafting Gibbs, Eric? Yeah, I I don't see it. I mean, they're not a team that generally does, like, they, they traded up for Morris Claiborne, right, in like 2011 or something like that. And that feels like the last time they made a real, um, you know, feisty trade up. And so the Robinson thing, I, I understand the worry because he's such a great player. And this, you know, this, um, you know, this franchise has had running backs all the time, but they do have Tony Pollard on the franchise tag. Uh, there's a little bit of investment there, double digit million dollar investment. Uh, so Gibbs, you know, and they're not a team, they need a wide receiver. This team is not a team that, you know, um, doesn't need things. I, you know, I, every single mock I've gotten to, I've taken Kalijah Kansi at that pick because I look at Dan Quinn and how kind of well he's done in terms of up the field type of defensive you know stuff. And he seems like a perfect fit. So I, I I'm, you know, Dallas has done a pretty good job drafting, right? And, you know, with the exception of the Zeke pick, um, you know, most of the times they're they're fairly solid with with doing the right thing. So I wouldn't be so worried, Rob. Yeah, I listen. I mean, uh, they had CD Lamb fall into their lap. The Michael Parsons pick was obviously great. I honestly, I, I'm not the fan that's going to sweat these picks anymore. Like, I just trust the team. I'll never forget the moment when the Dallas Cowboys drafted Travis, Travis Frederick at the end of the first round, when he was considered like a third round prospect in that draft. And they got him at the end of the first round and Cowboys nation was just like horrible value, this and that. And like, obviously turned into a stud at center. And since then I just admit to myself, like, I don't really know anything. These people are trained and study all these players. They really like the guy and saw something. Um, so, you know, uh, I, since then, I really haven't had uh, a huge stance. By the way, uh, Matt in the chat just mentioned about the Patriots QB. He got seven to one earlier today. So that's very different price than plus 350 and maybe worth more of a dart than anything else. Um, all right, let's go on here. Eagles are plus 225 to draft a defensive lineman. Could trade up for Carter, draft Murphy, Smith, or Van Ness. And at least one O-line could be off the board by then. So their preferred O-line may even be gone, helping the D-line pick. Thoughts on Eagles? Eric, I'll go with you because we did the Eagles mock draft together here on Forward Progress. Uh, Eagles draft specials, uh, I mean, movement already to plus 110. I think since people even put this in the chat, other people go out and bet it right away. But curious what you think the Eagles will do. Yeah, this reminds me of the time that George and I had Evan Silva on our show and we were showing off the screen. And as he was talking about Jalen Phillips, uh, his like number moved like 50 cents or something on the screen. Like that just shows like kind of how fickle these markets are. Um, you know, to me, if I'm looking at Eagles and I'm looking at this market, I think to Suma's point, like a lot of the like the top four are probably 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 properly priced. Um but when we did our draft, Rob, I did Jackson Smith the Jigba. That would be a 10 to 1 hit here. I feel like that one's okay. Corners, another one. Bradbury, Slay, older on the older end. They had to kind of do weird contracts to get them back in the fold. They lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson, their nickel. Um, you know, so again, that that would be something that I, I think that they could go with. Suma, Eagles. Um, I think D line is pretty much in play. Um, O line. To be honest, the guy that makes the most sense, in my opinion, is Peter Skoronsky, um, even though we might be talking about positional value because the Eagles are pretty much locked in into um, John Mailata and um, Lane Johnson. 
yep. at OT. I think both have decent contracts, but the Eagles have a whole, uh, I think it's left guard, and next year might be the year when Jason Kelsey retires. So Skaronski probably gives gives them a an instant plug and play guard that makes their line better, and he can also be their their swing tackle in case Lane Johnson or John Mailata um, get injured. So Skaronski makes the, the the most sense to me. Um, I would probably rank him one in terms of who the Eagles might draft. Um, if certain guys are available, I think if a guy like Skaronski is gone and they they don't value guard as high, they might go um, defensive line. Guys like Lucas Vaness, Nolan Smith, those kind of guys are probably in play for them. Uh, this one came in earlier today, three hours ago. Uh, seeing Darnell Wright get some love for first offensive lineman selected last couple of days, surely it has to be Paris or Skaronski, right? Um I don't. I I have not seen a major move towards Darnell Wright. Eric, you're kind of shaking your head a little bit. Like maybe that's possible. So, 2020, you know, Andrew Thomas was like the highest graded offensive lineman PFF. You know, had all these like characteristics, and like everybody dinged him because Tristan Wirfs had better uh, measurables, and like Mackay Becton had this, that, and the other thing. And the Giants just went and took <laughs> Andrew Thomas at four. Now, I think it's a little weirder here because the first offensive lineman is likely not going to be taken all that high, although although Paris Johnson has, you know, the, the favoritism for the third pick now. Um, at four to one, it's not a good bet. Um, but if it ever got into more like a 10 to one situation, you know, it sometimes there is a surprise here. And these surprises happen the further back in the draft that first position is going to be taken, right? Like you, you think of the first safety market is always almost like a second, you know, second day pick. And it's almost always the guy like that's, you know, Trayvon Merrick was the favorite. And then it went some other random guy, um, you know, obviously specialists are like that. The, 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 the fact that this mark, you know, the fact that the first offensive lineman, it, you know, in most mocks isn't projected to be taken before like nine uh, really does help some of the underdogs here. Yeah. So I, I want to get to one other comment just on this topic, which is thoughts on, on Paris Johnson, third overall top five plus 500, because I do think that that number three pick just throws everything off. And I don't think anyone really has any clue what's going to happen with that pick. So I'm curious, and Sumo, you can you can speak on the offensive linemen in this draft. If you think that there's enough randomness and like just general variance in this draft, that this would be worth a bet. So first of all, I think that's a very good price because I've seen like plus um, the 200, like one hour ago. Um, I think... In general, we tend to overrate a team's ability or willingness to trade down, especially early on. Um, in the past couple of years, there have been very few trades within the top 10. And I'm not sure how great the market for Arizona is. Um, and if they do not trade down, they have been heavily linked towards Paris Johnson, um, also towards Tyree Wilson. In this scenario, that Tyree Wilson goes second to the Texans and the Cardinals cannot trade down. Um, Paris Johnson is probably in play. He's also in play when they go down to like the seventh uh, or sixth spot or, or whatever. So I think at plus 200 or plus 300, no way. But I think at plus 500, we are getting into value range when we try to connect all the dots that are floating around right now. 
one team we haven't talked about pretty much at all in the course of the last month or so um, has been the Titans. Joey in the chat, what are the Titans going to do? QB, question mark. Uh, Eric, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. I think that, like, I think the Titans have trade potential in this mm-hmm. draft where like they, they could be the team that just messes up everything in terms of mocks this year. That's just my thought. Yeah. I, I, I want to find a market for Titans to draft Will Levis. Mm. Like I, I feel like that's the, um, and I know you can look, I mean, maybe, maybe FanDuel has something like that, or I don't know if that market's available on DraftKings or not. Um, but I, I think that, you know, there's a, a real opportunity for, um, you know, somebody to fall. So right now, yeah, position of positions plus 100 minus or plus 105. Um, but I think that they're one of Richardson and Levis is going to fall. And I even think past 11, when you look at like the needs of all the teams and to Suma's point, the, the overrated rate in which teams trade in round one, especially early. So, you know, if you, you know, I did a mock last night with, you know, on my red, gold and bold you know, podcast and like, and well, Levis was there at 11 and it was a very reasonable mock that followed a lot of the markets. And like, if Levis doesn't go two, he gets squeezed. Um, you know, especially if Stroud goes four or something like that. So Stroud or Levis to, to the Titans might be uh, a market somebody should try to find on, on, on one of the books. Suma, your thoughts on the Titans going QB round one? It's, it's very tricky. Um, I think that the whole roster needs like a complete reset. And I think Ryan Tannehill will not be there for, for too much longer. And I don't think that they would aggressively try to get up but like Hen hooker homegrown talent sorry eric um at, at some point later in the first round and maybe after a trade up would make some sense otherwise maybe if cj stroud or anthony richardson are going to fall towards the end of the top 10 that might be an option overall i think we should always have them in mind when it comes like, when it comes to a quarterback because Malik Willis seems to be already cooked there. So it's basically Ryan Tenhill, um, and he's 35 years old on the decline. I think if, if some of these quarterbacks fall, I would not be surprised on, or not be shocked if the Titans at some point try to get one. Um. So this is an interesting one. I think all the QBs besides Young will drop could create good value on non-QB positions to be taken early. I subjectively feel like it might be the exact opposite. Like, I, I think there is a world. You guys can call me nuts. I think there's a world in which the top four picks in this draft are the top four quarterbacks in the draft. Like, just pure Matt. If, if Levis goes number two, I could see mass panic happening amongst teams where it's like, we need to get the quarterback. Arizona has a very tradable pick. Colts very likely to take QB. Like I I think there's a realistic chance that it's the complete opposite of this. And maybe I'm out to lunch. And and this is just pure speculation, people, by the way, on my part, I have no, like it's been very, very quiet this year on the news front, but I still think Levis is most likely to go to, and that could just send like this spiral effect into play where Stroud is out there. Somebody might want to bypass the Colts. Who knows? Not, I'm not sure what you guys think of that, but 
I haven't been able to find a market on top four picks to be quarterbacks, but I would love to be able to bet that at like some long shot price. I don't, I don't hate it. I just like, we might have to see that trade happen tomorrow morning. And the problem is with all the uncertainty with two, I just don't know if a team is really going to trade up to three unless they're convinced that the guy that they want is in the set of, is not in the set of players Houston wants. And I think Houston is just such a wild card that I don't see teams moving up uh, with, with, with them. Suma, any thoughts on my, my bold hypothesis? I might extend the hypothesis, uh, maybe not in the top four, but maybe in the top six, because Seahawks and the Lions both are a team that could potentially grab a quarterback. I'm not buying into the Joe Goff is, is their next five years future. And like we already talked about, the Seahawks, um, they are in a u- unique uh, situation. So I think I could rather see a scenario in which all four quarterbacks go within the top six. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to give you guys like a minute each here to prep for your favorite draft bet, which we're going to give out towards the end of the show. I will remind everyone that tomorrow night is the NFL draft. It begins at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Now, you can watch ESPN or NFL Network and be behind the picks like five minutes in real time and listen to them tell you about how every single person that gets drafted is going to be a pro bowler and whatever. Or you can watch one of two streams here on YouTube. If you want the betting side of things and you want a bet cast with the NFL draft, go over to Hammer HQ. I'm running a live watch along tomorrow night of the NFL draft from a betting point of view. Sumer Sports also running a live watch along tomorrow night of the NFL draft. Check them out on YouTube. I would much rather watch those guys than I, I don't want to insult people on ESPN or NFL Network, but you're going to get a much more real take with Sumer Sports than you are going to get from the guys on ESPN who are just putting together draft highlights and packages. And again, proclaiming that every single person that ever gets drafted is a great pick and is going to be in the pro bowl eventually. So link is below live watch along in this chat hammer HQ. If you want the more traditional broadcast sumer sports, hundred percent, check them out and actually just follow them on YouTube and check out everything that they do because the content is about as good as it gets in the football space. Favorite bets, boys. Suma, we'll start with you. You gave out a 20 to 1 on Will Levis. Hopefully we cash that. Either way, people have like enormous hedging potential now if they want to uh, with the price that he's at right now. As of now, what is your favorite current bet at a regulated sportsbook? It's a bet at Caesars, and it is Dalton Kincaid over 23 and a half plus 100 over 23 and a half plus 100 someone asked about this in the comments earlier uh i've seen him projected as high as 13 but i agree with you uh i think that he's going to drop i also think that i mean he could be a, a potential cowboys pick in this draft um at 26 as well if he's out there but um dalton kincaid at caesar's is 23 and a half over plus 100. And again, we show DraftKings on screen, which is 24 and a half. This, this illustrates why you should shop around. And if you do so, betstamp.app slash forward progress if you're signing up for sportsbooks. 
Eric, over to you. Favorite bet as of now for the draft tomorrow night. Okay, this one, I think you can get a little bit better than this, but I'll go with the, the DraftKings because it's up there. First linebacker, this is my principle of when there isn't a first rounder in the bunch, take a long shot because it's all about styles makes fights. First linebacker, Day and Henley, 25 to 1. I I I knew you were gonna go. I didn't know you were gonna go there, but I knew you were gonna go there. As soon as you said that it was gonna be a long shot, I knew that's where you're going. Twenty-five to one, Day and Henley. I drafted him in about seven different mock drafts I did for teams this year as well. Usually at the beginning of the second round, but I can totally see a very wide range on him. So Suma, Dalton Kincaid over twenty-three and a half plus one hundred, and Eric goes with Diane Henley to be the first linebacker taken 25 to one. And uh, I mean, I love bets like that. So let's go for it. Appreciate you guys joining me here on Forward Progress today. Once again, if you did enjoy the content, it takes two seconds. Just hit the like button on the way out, the thumbs up button. And honestly, I can see right now that about 75% of you watching are not subscribed to Forward Progress. Like just hit the subscribe button. It takes two seconds. I'm not going to have a stroke if you like, I'm going to have a stroke if you don't. Just hit the subscribe button, literally two seconds. Help us gain some visibility here uh, on draft night uh, or on forward progress. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. They're asking for my favorite bet. I don't want to give, I have like five draft bets this year and they're purely news based. That's the way I opt to play the draft. I don't want to give out stuff now that's like completely moved. I will talk about this a lot more tomorrow night on the live watch along. I will live bet the draft. You can believe that based off of what happens early on. I'm going to be totally in panic mode. So make sure you're subscribed to Hammer HQ as well. Live watch along tomorrow night. And if you want another watch along, check out Sumer Sports. And also like you could just check out both over the course of the night and give us each of you, right? Like that's... That's just the common sense. <laughs> for producer Jason Cooper, for Eric Eager of Sumer Sports, for Fabian Somer, uh, who's up late at night in Dusseldorf, and myself, Rob Pizzola. This has been Forward Progress on the Hammer Betting Network. We'll see everyone tomorrow night for the draft. Peace. Peace.